Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. And if you find this podcast helpful in your theological rehabilitation, consider partnering with us in its production. Become a financial sponsor of That's What She Said on Patreon, a platform for supporting content you love. Thanks! Hey church, I'm Katie. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm the lead evangelist here at Galileo Church. I'm glad to see all of y'all, especially um, our guests tonight who have come for a baby dedication. We're very very glad that you're here. Um, friends online, there's a baby in the house that we get to bless tonight. Um, but before all of that, we're going to read a couple times tonight from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we're in this worship series called Home for the Holy Days, uh, and we are thinking through Jesus's geography, the literal geography that he moved through in his life, uh, beginning with his birth in Bethlehem, and then we moved on through to his refugee status in Egypt, and then he came back home and made his way to the Jordan River for a baptism and was flung immediately out into the wilderness beyond the Jordan. And tonight, we pick up the story in Mark chapter 1, just where we left off last time, as Jesus makes his way out of the desert and into Galilee. Now, Galilee is not a city, but a region a region that is in the northern section of the country known as Israel in biblical history. Israel, of course, by the time of Jesus' life, has been, uh, it's under conquest by the Roman Empire, so it doesn't really exist as its own geopolitical entity anymore at that time. But Galilee, as a region, you would know because there's a little sea there, the Sea of Galilee, by which Jesus walks and uh, picks up fishermen and uh, takes them along on his ministerial journey. Um, you'll know about cities in that region, Nazareth, Cana, Magdala, from which Mary Magdalene likely came, Nain, from which the widow of Nain uh, came and uh, whose son had died, Capernaum, which is a city that we'll hear about in the story tonight. We're going to be reading about this region of Galilee tonight, and it's a long reading, and so we've divided it tonight into two parts uh, because I wanted to get a lot of it out on the table tonight for our consideration. And so picking up from where we left off last time in Mark chapter 1, verse 14, I'll read part, we'll sing a bit, and then I'll read the next part. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The reign of God has come near. Change your life. Believe that this is good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea because they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, 
there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee, and immediately as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed by demons, and the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons. He would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him, and when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. And he went throughout all Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is the closest I'm ever going to come to preaching a prosperity gospel, so listen up. We say around here that nobody gets to Galileo Church by accident. Janice just said it. On a literal level, the big red barn is hard to get to. Google Maps is still on the regular, dumping people into that tree lot parking lot across the interstate. And unless there is a rare tech problem with our live stream setup, we are not pushing out a Facebook Live that people can just stumble across when they're doom scrolling through the Sunday scaries. You have to want to be here to be here. What's implied when we say nobody gets here by accident is that everybody here has a reason for being here. And it is not, if you don't mind my saying so, because everything has been so great in your spiritual, emotional, relational, familial, ecclesial life up to now. There is pain in all of our backstories. And while everybody's suffering is their own, we share in common our understanding that life is hard And that having Jesus on your side does not necessarily make it easier. Indeed, we have even learned through hard experience in our short decade of life together that being part of a church for spiritual refugees does not rid our lives of suffering. Understatement much? (laughs) Fuck 2023, am I right? (laughs) 
Instead, the more closely we follow Jesus together, the more likely we are to attract negative attention from some of our neighbors. Our days of being kicked out and talked about and put down do not end when we find our way to Galileo Church. Jesus pissed people off, and so do we sometimes. And so, dearly beloveds, in our time together, we have found soulful resonance in the stories about Jesus as one who both stands with the marginalized and himself becomes marginalized. We take comfort and find strength in his downward slide from the heights of heaven to the depths of humanity, knowing that we are his kind of people precisely because we do not, for whatever reason, fit in all that well on the prescribed path to a successful, popular, easy life. We just don't. Jesus is the friend to the friendless. All the contagious and unemployed and indecent, the bleeders and the enslaved and the corpses and the so-called sinners of all kinds. And as such, he himself becomes friendless, contagious, unemployed, indecent, a bleeder and a slave and a corpse. And so the story goes, takes on all the sins anybody ever thought of sinning. And in doing all of that, he bites his thumb at a great number of people who want to do him harm, who will do him harm. And we love him all the more for that. But tonight... We are considering a different side of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. Tonight, we are remembering that Jesus, in solidarity with us sometimes losers, had glorious seasons of, get this, everything going exactly right. I know. It's not what we usually remember and celebrate about him, but it feels important to round out our picture of our BFF, to let his own life be as complicated as ours have been and will be. Mark says that Jesus went straight from his baptism to the desert of trials and came right out of that desert of trials into Galilee, preaching, proclaiming the good news of God's reign, which we call around here, God getting everything God wants. It's right here, he gushed. It's so close that you can reach out and touch it, he exclaimed. And wherever he went in Galilee, it turned out to be true. First thing, it got him some friends. Simon and Andrew, James and John, those fisher bros who dropped everything to hang out with him. Oh, I know they might disappoint him along the way, but really, have you ever had a friend who didn't disappoint you at some point? Can you honestly say you've never disappointed a friend of yours? It's just really hard to make and keep friends as adults. So I'm super impressed that grown-up Jesus picked up several and then took them on a multi-season road trip and all but a couple of them had only nice things to say about him in the end. In the reign of God, no one is lonely. And then there is the healing 
and the exorcising, his holistic care for his Galilean neighbors, his ability to hone in on exactly what they needed and give it to them before they even asked from a seemingly endless supply of compassion and power. In the reign of God, nobody's body is ravaged by disease. Nobody's mind is held hostage by any will other than their own. And then there was the teaching Distinct from his preaching of God's reign, this way he had of prying open old texts to release new ideas, God's unending imagination blossoming from seeds planted in the prophets of old, his listeners were amazed, Mark says, and astounded, so moved by the combination of his words and deeds that he quickly became famous and magnetic. Everybody had heard of him. Everybody wanted to be near him, so much so that he had to sneak away from the crowds to confer with God just to make sure that all that success didn't run away with him, to make sure that all that things-going rightness was in alignment with God's reign. Now, here's a thought experiment for us prompted by Mark's lickety-split storytelling in chapter 1. What if Jesus... Here in the first days of his early ministry, newly baptized, newly acquainted with God's own spirit, is just trying to see what works. What if in Mark's first chapter, he is as surprised as we are, as surprised as his first audiences were that so much of it did work, as surprised as Simon Peter's mother-in-law when she felt her fever evaporate, as astonished as anyone possessed by the demon of addiction or chronic pain or domestic violence to feel their craving disappear or their pain suddenly dissipate or their abuser's control turn to release. As shocked as any sleepy churchgoer to hear the Bible resurrected from the grave of boredom. What if... Following his baptism and his yes to God and his yes from God, Jesus found his vocation, his life purpose, gliding into place like a well-tuned engine purring to life. Because this is surely part of it, right? Part of our own experience of Christian discipleship. As much as we have dwelt on the seasons of suck, the stories of suppression and suffering, the very real sense we have that we are chafed raw from living against the grain of U.S. American empire and Christian nationalism and white supremacy and consumer capitalism and the cishet patriarchy, it is also verifiably true that every once in a while we find our baptized lives in harmonious alignment with God's purpose and everything just clicks. People are amazed and astounded by our compassion, our power, our wisdom. Our fame spreads throughout the surrounding region of DFW. Well, okay, maybe we're not famous, exactly. But maybe, maybe somebody we've just met says, oh, it's you. I've heard so much about you. And by the smile on their face, you know it's good stuff they've heard. Sometimes, I'm saying, life is good. 
So here it is, the closest I'm ever going to come to preaching the prosperity gospel. It is my hope that in 2024, you and I and all of us together will enjoy a season, maybe two, of that reign of God alignment where everything we touch comes out just like God wants it. Seasons of health and liberation, seasons of knowing what to say and what to care about, seasons of power for making good stuff happen wherever we go, seasons of appreciation from the people who benefit from our being here. I want that. I want that really, really bad. Not in a naive, champagne-clinking, fireworks-banging kind of New Year's resolution way, but in the certainty that sometimes, as Jesus showed us, sometimes God gets some of what God wants right here, right now. And we can be the kind of people who actually get to enjoy it. And for our friends, Kiri and Danny, who are bringing their baby, Athena, to be dedicated to the reign of God tonight, let this be a word of courage and hope. Tonight, church, we are introducing Athena to this way of life, this way of letting God's reign define and direct our lives, just like Jesus did. Listen, it is not an easy thing for parents to want for their little ones because as grown-ups, we already know that the life of Christian discipleship is a hard way to go. But let us not forget, for Athena's sake tonight, that the life of discipleship is also a life of empowerment for doing good in this world God still loves, it is a life of partnership with the God that we pray to in the early morning hours. It is a life of alignment with God's purposes, a life of wisdom and compassion, grace and truth, friendship and love. Life with Jesus is filled with amazement and astonishment. Life with Jesus, I'm saying, is a miracle and a lifetime of miracles, starting with your being here, Athena, here on this planet, here in this church, here for what we hope will be many seasons of Galilee-sized success for you as you grow into your groove in the reign of God. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. If what you've heard is helpful, consider becoming a patron of its production by joining our subscribers on Patreon. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and support the people who love them. We do kindness around mental health and mental illness, and we celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support our missional priorities, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Share With Us. 
you'll have options to contribute through Venmo, PayPal, or your bank account. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.